Queen Latifah, you know, how she right. was able to transition from, you know, all hail the queen to cover girl. I mean, yeah. what the fuck? Like, what are we talking yeah. about? That shit's amazing. It was relatively seamless, too. Facts. Like, you did, that part. You didn't see any of it coming, but you didn't look at it sideways when it came. You know what I'm you saying? You didn't question any of it, 100%. Exactly. Like, when we saw her on the equalizer, it was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love the equalizer. <laughs> oh, yeah, nah. You know, hey, listen. The, hey, bro, look, man. The equalizer is prime old nigga content, bro. I love it. <laughs> I love eight it. O'clock, eight o'clock on Sunday. Let's go. Then. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Listen, right in time, we get in bed. You know what I'm saying? By 10, level, you good. Yeah, it's the Almanac of Rap Show. I got opinions and they all factual. No news, just information that you won't be able to use unless you're at a dinner party trying to impress who's in attendance with endless tidbits of nonsense. We're going to have a good time, I promise. You two rabbit holes ready to Dives, pulling out old interviews from the archives Styles, fads, trends, all of that It's the Almanac of Rap Welcome to the Almanac of Rap A show that actually just wants to sing My name is Don Will And I'm a rapper, producer, DJ, quasi-comedian And your host for the series Today's episode is all about rap singers And shortly, I'll be talking to Fonte To get some insight on what that dual career path Actually looks like Fonte is a rapper, singer, and producer, best known for his work with Little Brother and The Foreign Exchange. You can also catch him co-hosting the Quest Love Supreme podcast and providing music on the sketch comedy show Sherman Showcase. But before we get into that conversation, let's kick the ballistics. This show is about rap, but I was raised on R&B. And as separate from one another as billboard charts like to keep genres, it's fairly safe to say that rapping and singing are siblings, not cousins. Hell, sometimes they're even identical twins. To take it a step further, doo-wop groups were basically the rap groups of their day. They were mostly just dudes trying to do something productive to stay out of trouble. Sound familiar? Well, it should. Maybe we should call them like doo-wop posses or like doo-wop mob. Crew? I don't know, like doo-wop gang. That is truly a terrible idea. Maybe one of your worst so far. Anyway, while trying to stay out of trouble has given us a lot of great talent, all abilities are not created equal. And with that said, being a great singer is way more impressive than being a great rapper. Rap is cool because it feels like anyone can do it, so people who do it well are ultra impressive. But singing really well feels like a superpower. This is why writing raps like Biggie, Lil Wayne, and Jay-Z is such a revered skill. All three of them are known for not writing their raps down on paper. It's also why ghostwriting is such a huge taboo. Because again, if it seems like anyone can do it, then having someone else do it for you just kind of feels wrong. Memorizing lines before they've ever even materialized on paper is truly a gift. If, and only if, those lines are worth memorizing. Don't trip. Hit some non-written trash out there too. And conversely, being handed a script to memorize can come off as impersonal. Again, don't trip. Vocal performances are the key to selling any song. Look, I'm not anti-ghostwriting, but it's okay to just call it songwriting now. But rapping well is not the same as singing well. Look, they don't ask people to come rap the national anthem before the Super Bowl. And the few times I've seen a busker rapping on the train, It's always felt kind of cheap. So what about rappers who can sing and rap well? Well, they feel like anomalies. Miracles even. And being that rap and R&B are siblings, 
Most rappers are fluent in R&B, and it's always been that way. So the blurry genre lines that we have now shouldn't be surprising at all. This fluency, and sometimes the need to fill up an 80-minute CD, is what gave us spoof songs. You know, when a rapper does a poorly sung ballad to comedic effect. A few examples are Player Hater by The Notorious B.I.G. I'm not even going to hold you. I kind of wish they would have did a whole album like this. Just terrible, bad singing. But I digress. How about OT Genesis covering Love by Keisha Cole? Fun fact, this cover sparked a beef between OT Genesis and Keisha Cole, and rightfully so. He absolutely butchered that joint. My bad, y'all. I have a really high tolerance for silly or just flat-out bad music. But the list goes on and on, because rapper singing is truly nothing new. Curtis Blow sang. Biz Marquis sang. Hell, even Big Daddy Kane sang. You've got me Hear that run? You hear that sustain? He's holding that note? Big Daddy Kane did not come to play. On the flip, I absolutely love it when singers rap. Now, I'm not talking about the ambidextrous children of Missy Elliott types who constantly drift between genres. Nah, I'm talking about singers who occasionally break out the bars. The ones who treat their raps like fine china. For instance, Jewel. You thought I meant country singer Jewel, didn't you? Nope, not that one. I meant Death Row Jewel. Or even Montel Jordan. That Slick Rick impersonation is actually pretty fun. Which brings us to two of my favorite singers, Mary J. Blige and Brandon. They're both fluent in rap and they both have completely different styles. And yet, there's more than enough space for them to exist. But we talking about rap, where battling is a tradition, and two heads can't wear the same crown anyway, right? So to find out which one is the better rapper, I had to holler at one of my favorite rap singers of all time, Fonte. Let's see if he can settle it for us. 
up in the morning, I want you to go to the mirror. And I want you to look yourself in the eyes and say, fuck you. Fuck your hopes. Fuck your dreams. Fuck all the good you thought this life was going to bring you. Now let's go out here and try to make this bitch happy. New tickle new tickle new tickle Fonte, thank you so much for joining us, man. I'm so glad to have you. Ah, come on. You family, brother. Anytime. Anytime. My first time hearing you sing was on The Listening. Yeah, yeah. Did you kind of like plan on having a dual career as a rapper and singer? Absolutely not. Absolutely really? not. No. So first of all, with singing, I'd always sang like in church, um, okay. like growing up as a kid, you know what I mean? But I didn't even think of it as singing. It was just, you know, you, growing up in the South, you had to go to church, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was just like, all right, well, if I got to be here, let me just do something. So, you know, I'll sing. Um, so it wasn't even something that I really thought of as like a talent or as a thing. It was just something that, uh, particularly in my family, um, that was just something that we did, but we didn't think of it as something that was like a family trade or, you know, right. whatever. It's just shit. We go to my grandma's house and you know, start drinking and niggas start saying like, yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So when it yeah. came to we working on the listening, um, the first song we did was speed. And, you know, I sang the hook on that and I thought I can do this good enough to get the idea down. But right. someone will come back and do this later. And, you know, no one ever came. Shortly, I can think after the listening, that was when people started hitting me and they'd be like, yeah, okay, I want you to do a verse on this, but we want you to do a hook too. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> I think the moment for me where it clicked was I did a record for Mint Condition. This is back in like 2008, I want to say, for a record we did called Something. They sent it to me to put a verse on it. So I put a verse on it and sent it back. And then they came back and was like, yeah, Stokely wants you to sing on this too. Just take a minute to register that. Stokely wants you to sing on this. Right. <laughs> it's like, are you shitting me right now, dog? Like, this is Stokely, one of like just the most amazing stratospheric singers in the world. You know what I mean? Vocal royalty. Royalty, bro. Absolute royalty. Can't believe that you be so naive or could lie to yourself with the greatest of ease. You were something to see, but you must have forgot the truth is that stupid is something I'm not. Let's go. You know, man, so when he hit me, I was like, holy shit, like, okay. But I never had any intentions. My goal was always to be a writer. Gotcha. You know, my saying was always, I want to be the guy in the parentheses. I don't necessarily need to be the guy in front of the camera or, or whatever. You know, I just let me just be the guy in the parentheses because that's where the money is. Like, y'all can have all this famous <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. You know right. what I mean? So with that in mind, with you wanting to be a songwriter and play the background, were you nervous at all about making the transition from rapping to singing? Like... How did you feel about the transition in general? Um, I, I wasn't really nervous in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when me yeah. and Nick were working on Leave It All Behind, for me, it literally was just like, okay, I've been spending this time trying to write songs, not really, you know, landing songs or trying to sell songs or whatever. It wasn't really going. And so I was like, well, man, if I want to sell my songs, then I'll have to sing them so people know of me as a songwriter. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so when we did Leave It All Behind, 
that for me was the goal. I was just like, yo, I just want to do this, put it out. And, you know, hopefully people hit me up to write some songs for them, whatever. The record came out. And even before it dropped, uh, Amy Flint, who was our director of ops at the time, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She called and she was just like, yo, Highline Ballroom, they want to book you for a show. And me and Nick were like, book you for a show? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> me and Nick always kind of saw Effie as almost kind of like a Steely Dan kind of thing, where it exists more as a studio band kind of right. thing. You know, the studio really was and, and still is our happy place and, and my happy place. The nervousness came from when it was time to perform it, because that was something that we absolutely did not plan for at all like we just didn't foresee that you know because the first foreign exchange album connected we did we put it out but i was still kind of at the mercy of little brother you know what i'm saying so we understood what connected it was like okay put this out it was like a side project but then when leave it all behind hit and it was just like what like you want us to perform this like what are you talking about especially if you're writing those songs kind of like just in the studio as your comfort zone you're not writing them with the thought of performing them you know what i'm saying Rap not is at different all because you probably writing the verses and the hooks like put your hands up now leave them you know what i'm saying whatever yeah 100 yeah rapping is like you kind of there's that expectation but for me we'll leave it all behind there was no expectation there was just like hey these are just songs that i got that come out and hopefully i'll fuck with them but uh actually becoming a touring band and touring for you know shit almost a decade however like that just was not in the plans so as far as expectations though people got this expectation that percy miracles was going to become a real thing <laughs> <laughs> so my question is was there ever like just a playful percy miracles project like shelved and tucked aside you know what I'm saying? Man, bro listen there were several percy miracles projects um and I mean, and Percy, you know, it's still not dead. I mean, it's still, you know. He can have a vault, you know what I'm saying? Bro, listen, as my homies in movies say, never let death get in the way of a franchise. <laughs> Ever. You know what I mean? Good evening. This is UBN President Peter Rosenberg with a special announcement. Percy Miracles, our dear brother and legendary soul singer, has died. Tickets for Percy's service are available now at UBNnetwork.com. My thing with Percy was always, you know, I wanted to have some distance between me and the character. You know I what I'm saying? You. Because that just wasn't a character that I wanted to play for a very long time. You know right. what I'm saying? I saw that that could easily go into I'm um, Rick James bitch territory. You yeah. know, where you, that just yeah. kind of becomes larger than even you are. So like, yeah, like if people enjoy it more than you do at a certain point, it's like, what am I? What am I doing? 100%. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there was uh, working on a Percy animated series at one point in time. I don't know. We still may revisit. We may do it. I don't know. I'm hoping that one day, like, a, a Percy Miracles Easter egg will pop up on Sherman Showcase or something. You know what I'm saying? Anything. Oh, yeah. We did a little <laughs> Easter egg. Uh, shot my brother Open My Eagle, man. We did uh, him and Baron. Uh, we did on the New Negroes. The New Negroes, back. yeah. Yeah, we did a skit, you know, with Percy on it. Call Southfield and more for a free consultation and don't end up like my lazy nephew. Held on to the 102. I died still under review. Get your credit fixed. When you look back on your life and you're seeking salvation, salvation. don't miss out on your glory because you missed a few payments. payments. Call Southfield so uh yeah i mean he's gone but he's certainly not dead he's truly an icon of black culture you know what i'm saying <laughs> I, I know that he's a figment of your imagination but he's real to all of us so i'm just <laughs> <laughs> like straight up that's the greatest way to describe it like so uh back to the topic of singing have you ever uh taken vocal lessons or anything every time i work with singers like i still 
all the time. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I steal lessons. I am stealing. <laughs> you got to steal like a creative. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just like all of these just, you know, singers that I've been blessed to, to work with and produce, you know, they think maybe I'm teaching. I don't know, but I'm learning, you know, just as much. It is an exchange in every sense of the word. So, uh, yeah, the people I work with, they very much inform me and um and make me better. One of the questions I was going to ask next, actually, was do you have any tips for rappers like myself who are interested in transitioning to singing or something? You know what I'm saying? But honestly, like just looking at the people surrounding you as less 100%. stealing. I'm doing right, air right. quotes for people that are just listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not stealing. Like, we ain't stealing money. We ain't stealing publishing yeah, yeah. and none of that shit. Like, nah, it's, it's stealing the knowledge. <laughs> but if you did have another tip external from that, anything, uh, uh, I think I can hold a note. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good in the shower. So The way that I learned was just simply by just singing along to my favorite records. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And if it was a part in a song that I couldn't get, you know what I mean? I would just practice it. I mean, I grew up on R&B, soul, uh, some gospel. What helped me kind of expand uh, my musical vocabulary a little bit really was um, was listening to jazz uh, vocalists. Okay. Uh, shout out, shout out my girl Shauna Tucker. She put me on. She this was years ago. She was like, you should listen to some Kirk Elling. She's like, you you listen to Kirk, and I was like, all right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now we're we at the Kurt Ellen age in, in our life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, niggas in their forties and shit. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. So Kurt, uh, Kurt Elling, um, Chet Baker. My funny Valentine, sweet comic Valentine. You make me smile. I'm trying to think, man. There's so many male singers um, that I would just like pull from and like listen to. And so, yeah, I would just say, man, just find records that you love and just sing along with them. You know what I mean? Like that's that was what taught me, you know, um, more so than formal lessons. Just sing it until it sounds exactly like what you're hearing. It's very solid advice. I'm going to load up a playlist of Kurt Elling and, and Chet Faker. You know what I'm saying? Not, not Chet Faker. I know there's a Chet Faker. Not, there is a Chet Faker. All facts. There is a Chet Faker. But, uh, so outside of vocalists, have there been any like rappers that sang that inspired you? Like, Were there any any in particular that you can recall, like a, a non-traditional vocalist yeah. singing, where you were like, oh, shit? Man, oh, I mean, there are so many. Uh, off the top of my head, I would definitely say you know, uh, Slim Kid Trey from Farside. You know, when I heard Other Fish, I was just like, oh, wow. It starts off kind of playful, and it's like, it took a second to register up in my cranium, my dome. Like, it's like, okay, he's kind of playing, but then... I just kept it nice and smooth, next thing you know we got together, where I thought we'd be forever, didn't have an umbrella, now I'm soaking stormy weather. Then the two birds of a feather, and I was like, oh, okay, this nigga, like, he's singing, for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, him, he's definitely one, um, uh, Queen Latifah, you know, without question, she was yep. someone who has, um, always been like a huge inspiration, not just like vocally and like creative wise, but just the art of her career, right. you know, how she was able to transition from all hail to queen to cover girl. I mean, 
what the fuck? Like, what are we talking about? This shit is amazing. It was relatively seamless, too. Like, Facts. You didn't see any of it coming, but you didn't look at it sideways when it came. You know what I'm saying? You didn't saying? question any of it, 100%. Exactly. Like, when we saw her on the Equalizer, it was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm just singing rappers. Um, I don't want to forget anyone. There's so many. Um, There's so many, and it's been woven into the fabric of hip-hop since the beginning, you know what I'm saying? But it's just, mm-hmm. I think that when you start dealing with, like, subgenres and trying to figure out chart positions, it becomes a thing, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That was a, a a challenge for me, you know, when I did like leave it all behind. And like when I started singing on Rex and it was people's like, oh, you're not rapping, you're singing. And, you know, in my era, it was just music. Like we didn't yeah. think of it as like, oh, this guy is stopping the rap to sing. Right. I just saw it as just one continuous thing. That's why I got so excited when you said Slim Kid Trey, because literally I didn't think of him because it was so integrated into the DNA of what the far side was as a group. Integrated. That's a great word. You know what I'm saying? It, was, it wasn't like, now nah, I'm going to sing. It was just mm-hmm. like in the middle of the verse, he just hit like a vocal run and went mm-hmm. back. And as, as a person who's just like rapping, you imitating that vocal run, but you're not thinking that you're, that you're actually singing. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, he was one of those guys. So flipping the table a little bit, Mary J raps. Right. Brandy raps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you got bar for bar? Who's better at just purely rapping? Uh, purely rapping, man. Um, Mary J with the Brooklyn. That was her, that's her joke. She's yeah. Brooklyn, right? <laughs> Brooklyn. And Brandy, and Brandy, she was a uh, B rocker, B rocker, B rocker, B rocker, but she became brand new, uh, brand new, too. right? Brand right, new right. <laughs> on the new album, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back and forth like airplanes to airports. You up and down like you running the court. We got some sort of misunderstanding. I ain't pretending to be no nanny. I'm a hot money making that rock money. Go in in circles like orbits. I can't afford it. I don't deserve it. I'm worth more than this. This is a forfeit. <laughs> yeah, I messed up a little bit on that verse, but it's all good. Y'all get the picture. Yeah, my rap album coming out. I'm just playing. I just do this for a hobby, baby. But I might be good at it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I may have to give it to, I may have to give it to Mary on the rapping tip. Okay. I think for me with Mary, her rhyming, it felt more, very much like a natural extension of her singing. Right. Mary was always the one that like, she could express that pain, like she could express that emotion. Early on in her career, when people would be critical of her vocal or whatever, the fans, like me, was like, dude, like we're not listening to her expecting Anita Baker. Exactly. Like I'm not listening to her for the same reasons that I would listen to a Ella Fitzgerald. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not looking for her to be that. So I think for Mary, I was probably giving it to the bars. Uh, but Brandy, you know, the B rocker, I was surprised, you know, or, or brand new. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> B rocker, brand new. We can go with either one. They both hurt, you know what I mean? But you said you were surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. I think it's easier to accept the transition going from rapping to singing because, you know, it's easy to go from like this quote unquote tough guy to slide into something that's maybe a little more vulnerable. Okay. It's a little hard to start in a vulnerable place and then all of a sudden reinvent yourself as this tough guy with bars. Like yeah. that shit don't always translate you know what i mean so going from rapping to singing i think is an easier creative leap for the audience to understand and uh is a little more credible feels more real to them than being this r&b guy and now all of a sudden you want to rap it's like that shit don't right. really go thinking the first album brandy the second album brandy until you got to the point where she became b rock and she started mm-hmm. dropping verses i remember specifically being like what what 
But like also <laughs> being pleasantly surprised, like, oh, this is crazy. She got bars too versus Mary from the jump. She was rapping mm-hmm. with uh, Grand Pooba. You know what I'm saying? Holding, Yo, bro. Holding her on with heavyweights. Think about it. Like, Ralph Tresvant. <laughs> you already know where I'm going because you're my man. Right. <laughs> you, right. already right. <laughs> you already know. You already know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ralph <laughs> Tresvant, dog. This is Ralph Tresvant, new edition, heartthrob, Ralph, sweet, sensitive Tresvant. The first song on his solo album, his <laughs> debut solo album. It's five minutes of bars, nigga. <laughs> this nigga ain't saying shit. Rated R is this nigga rapping <laughs> for like five minutes on the first song. This is the first song of this nigga debut solo album, bro. And then the next song, what is track two? Sensitivity. It's like, (laughs) come on, dog. (laughs) That that was the blueprint for Nelly's sweatsuit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm coming out with the sweat and the suit. And the the suit, nigga. Come on, son. Oh man, Duh. straight up. But that again, but we didn't hear that album and be like, "Oh my God, Rap Tresvan is rapping." It was just, "Oh, this is the first song." Okay, this shit jamming. All right, and and that was it. Yeah, that was just something that um I really liked about that era. You know, just kind of that convergence of hip hop and R and B, really having to share the same spaces, and there seemed to be very much uh, a camaraderie, and there was a respect that was there. Yeah, and the music that I make I always try to uphold that and keep that tradition alive. I know that in general, the relationship between singing and rapping is pretty fluid nowadays where you got like artists like Baby, Gunna, Doja, everybody kind of like weaves in between worlds. Absolutely. If there was a name for this, like, you know, you got singer, you got rapper, what would it be? Like, would you call them hybrids? Bro, I have no idea. I mean, and I think that's uh, one of the challenges moving forward with Grammy certifications and stuff, you know, like best rap song collaborations. Like. Nigga, every song is a fucking rap song collaboration. Exactly. You know what I mean? So how do you categorize that? To me, it's just music. I don't really draw those lines. To me, if it sounds good, if it feels good, it's like, fuck it. That's what it is. I'll call them rap singers for now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we are all the sons of Albie Shore, dog. (laughs) We are. (laughs) (laughs) All the girls, yeah, I don't get good. You know what I mean? I'll be sure. Come on, son. That was oh, the man. era, dog. Fonte, my brother. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time, man. Really appreciate man, it. Man, come on, anytime, brother. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. And there you have it. The queen of hip hop soul is also better with the bars. And if you don't agree, feel free to at me. The Almanac of Rap is written and produced by me, Don Will. I also did the theme music. There's some additional music in each episode by Von P. The show is executive produced by Saida Blunt and Aisha Palmer, with mix engineering and sound design by Dana Wax. The artwork was designed by Alan Cole. I'd also like to give a big shout out to the whole team over at Sonos Radio for their support. Head over to Mixcloud.com slash Sonos to hear all the archive shows and be sure to check out the Sonos Radio IG account for other Sonos programming. And while you're there, be sure to give the Almanac of Raps page a follow too. And thank you once again to our guest Fonte for stopping by to help settle that debate. And in closing, I'd like to start a new one. 
BBD was a rap group on the low. Yeah, they're an R&B group, but most of them also rap their asses off. And if it barks like a dog, it probably is one. But we could talk about that somewhere online, like, I don't know, the Almanac of Rap Instagram page. I'll see you guys over there. And I'll also see you next time on the Almanac of Rap.